It's Monday, the 11th of November, and this is the Monocle Minute. Today, Emmanuel Macron has taken a notably sharper tone in recent weeks, with targets ranging from NATO to Eastern European migrants. We'll get the view of the AFP's London bureau chief, Florence Biederman. He's blunt, much more blunt than many other leaders. Sometimes he's, I think, completely in control of the fact that he's not that diplomatic. And definitely this is kind of a provocation. Plus, New York considers axing its cap on street vendors, but could it lead to unintended consequences? A look at what's on the agenda at the FIPP World Media Conference. And our fashion editor, Jamie Waters, unravels the weird world of buzzwords. I'm Ben Ryland in London. The Monocle Minute starts now. The French president made headlines last week when he described NATO as brain dead. But it was just the latest in a series of vocal jibes that seem to represent a change of tone for Macron, who many see as the European Union's de facto leader. Florence Biedermann is the AFP's London bureau chief. I would say it's an evolution, like he feels his main uh, contender for the next presidential election is uh, the far-right party of Marine Le Pen. I mean, he has to take into consideration the fact that migration is a real issue for the people. It's not as much as the crisis of 2015, but it still plays a big role. So he has to say something on this. But he was never, you know, the weak one on border, etc. He has kind of this middle line, like in many other topics. You know, it's neither right nor left. He will talk like uh, someone on the left by saying he has empathy with the fake, now the migrants, etc. But on the other side, he will take political measures to rein in uh, illegal uh, migration, including tougher conditions for migrants to come and establish themselves in France. So that's the kind of measure he's taking now. And obviously, I mean, it's linked to the situation in France where the extreme right is still very much standing its ground. Uh, He's blind much more blunt than many other leaders. Sometimes he's, I think, completely in control of the fact that he's not that diplomatic. And definitely this is kind of a provocation. But behind this is a reality and a question to all the European leaders on the fact that Trump is more or less turning its back to Europe and that this is not a, a new issue, but it's more and more pressing now, and that Europe doesn't have the means to defend itself and should have the means to create its own army, its own defense. But, I mean, I think the idea of Macron is to have a powerful Europe. This is what he has been saying and arguing for since uh, he's in power. A powerful Europe that can be a player between those big blocks that are China, Russia, and the United States. So whether the reason is Trump's presence in the White House or not. I mean, I think his idea is to have this powerful Europe. State legislators in New York have announced plans to prohibit local governments from capping the number of pop-up food vendors operating within their boundaries. If successful, it will pave the way for footpaths across the state to be taken over by food trucks. So is that good news? Monocle's Nick Manise has the story. Nick, the culture for street food in New York is already quite vibrant, isn't it? Do you think this will change anything? I don't know if it will necessarily change anything. If anything, it's probably going to prevent it from being diluted further. I, I, th- I think that's a valid concern. It's, it's perhaps not being necessarily anti-street food vendor or anti-pop-up food truck. It's more about encouraging moderation, which I, th- I think we can agree everything's better in moderation. You know, Halloween's just passed, Ben, you'll probably out trick-or-treating, no doubt. And <laughs> 
<laughs> I feel like I feel, feel like it's wise to remember that. Yeah, cities like everything else it often is better and more enjoyable if everything's in moderation. And I I think the other issue that we've got to look at in terms of vibrancy is we don't want our streets to become too cluttered or, or too overcrowded. Like. Bangkok, which has one of the most vibrant and famous street food, I guess, scenes in the world, actually introduced legislation in 2017 because it had gotten out of hand. And, and, and this is, I guess, their position was that they wanted to reclaim the pavement for pedestrians. And I think that's what New York, if it removes regulations around street vendors, could be faced with. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because when we talk about regulation of businesses, we often talk about that regulation being quite bad for business. In this case, however, it does seem as if you're suggesting that a lack of rules and regulation could potentially backfire. And I mean, you and I come from a place, Australia, which is sometimes quite famous for being a little bit too overzealous when it comes to regulation. How do you think we achieve that healthy balance of regulating something that is best for business and people as well? Well, I think I think the issue here is that by deregulating, you actually have the potential to hurt bricks and mortar businesses. So uh, again, it's, it's not just about the pop-ups here, but it's about those cafes and those restaurants that have a physical presence on the street front. And, and by forcing them to compete with vendors selling similar products, but with much smaller overheads, you know, these pop-ups, maybe they have to pay a fee to the city, but they don't have to have, you know, ongoing rent or, you know, additional taxes that get charged on them. So I think it's better to have actual shops doing well and relying on them to bring vibrancy to the street rather than just removing any sort of regulation and allowing the food trucks to come in. Again, it comes back to that thing. It's, it's about moderation and it's about balance. And if we want our streets to be successful, if we want our bricks and mortar businesses to be successful, we've got to look to support them as well rather than just looking to, hey, let's remove all regulation and let the pop-ups come in. Nick Manis, always a pleasure. Thank you. To Las Vegas now, where the world's media is assembling for what's sure to be quite a show. Tomorrow, there will be a new show in town in the City of Lights. But Mariah Carey at the Colosseum, this is not. The FIPP World Congress 2019 kicks off in Las Vegas's Planet Hollywood. Monocle's own Tyler Brule is among an auspicious program of speakers that includes the top movers and shakers from media organizations around the world. FIPP is a global media trade association. In times gone by, competition might have been fierce between different media organizations. But today, as director and CEO James Hughes explained to Monocle, there's value in pulling together. FIPP, he says, tries to take the learnings and case studies that its members report about the changes that are happening in their businesses and share them with the rest of the membership so that everybody can learn together. We here at Monocle will certainly be taking notes. And finally today, Monocle's fashion editor, Jamie Waters, examines the state of his profession's voice and vocabulary. Last week, Gautier Borsarello, a menswear aficionado who runs the Parisian vintage shop Le Vif, posted a photo on his Instagram. Its caption read, The word vintage is now dead. It has been so overused it's become meaningless. I will not use it anymore to define what I do. It was an incisive comment on buzzwords. Fashion, like other industries from food to film, loves a quick, sellable phrase. To vintage we can add sustainability, seasonless, concept store and experience as terms that in recent years have been bandied about ad nauseum. There have always been concepts that are particularly popular at any moment. Yet social media, which thrives on punchy captions and pithy hashtags, 
surely means labels become exhausted quicker than ever. The thing is, many of the words du jour denote important ideas. Fashion brands should be engaging with sustainable practices. Physical retailers should be offering interesting experiences if they're to get shoppers off laptops. The key is to actually do these things rather than merely using the words connected to them as selling ploys. Or maybe we just need to come up with some alternative jargon. Our fashion editor, Jamie Waters, there. That's all in today's program. You can read and subscribe to our daily email bulletin at our website, monocle.com. I'm Ben Ryland. The Monocle Minute returns on Tuesday. Tuesday.